today on Learn Me Something. Hermit Hermit versus The Illiterate Teacher. Hey, welcome to Learn Me Something. My name's Josiah. And I'm Caleb. And uh, thanks for listening. This is episode two. Uh, thanks for listening. Last week we had so many um, great comments about the first episode and we got a lot more listens than we first thought. So um, super encouraging and really exciting to, to keep this thing going. Yeah, I mean, I think well, we both had made our guesses before we went live with the first episode. And as of recording this, I think the amount of listeners is actually like two or three times what we had initially guessed. So we're just super grateful and super excited to be finally kind of actually doing this thing. Yeah, yeah, people are actually listening to this more than just our families, which is exciting. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, maybe we could talk about uh, just some fun stats. Um, so far, I think last time I checked, we had 19 states, um, which is funny because most of those, neither Josiah or I really know anybody in. So it's like, I don't really, <laughs> we don't really know who those could be, which is just awesome. Yeah, we're so. trying to figure out how they found out about the podcast yeah hopefully like through other people which would be cool and we also have one listener in germany last time i checked yeah and we had i don't know if you saw this josiah we had one in london too just from yesterday really yeah so uh i guess i guess you could say we're international (laughs) let's go uh we did have uh, we got messages from quite a few of you actually um so we did want to bring a little update to last week's episode, um, to the topic that I spoke about. Just how do you want to kind of dive in and talk about what happened there? Yeah, so if this is your first time listening, last time Caleb taught us about the treasure of Forrest Finn. And uh, two hours before we posted the episode, we found out that the treasure had been found. Somebody messaged us. And we're like, well, I guess we'll just, we'll still just post it, and then we can just talk about it next time. But yeah, two days before the episode went live, somebody found it. Yeah, and it's funny. Um, be- oh, it's just the odds of this happening is crazy. Because, well, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, this treasure hunt started back in 2010. So 10 years ago um, was when the guy first hid the treasure and laid out the clues and everything. And people have been searching pretty consistently ever since then, which just makes it funny that out of 10 years, there's been nothing until like hours before we release our very first episode on the treasure. Um, yeah, so it's just really funny. So we, we wanted to touch on that a little bit um, to let you know, one, that I'm not so horrible a researcher that I just left out the end of the story completely. We just didn't know that it had been found until really it was too late. Um, And two, just because it's really cool. So, I mean, the guy, uh, you can, if you jump online, and we'll throw it in the show notes of this one too, this episode, but if you jump online, you can see quite a few articles on it. Um, The guy found it. He said he didn't want to be named. Um, Forrest Finn said he didn't know the guy, but yeah, they, they didn't say where it was. So there's no closure on here's where I found it or anything. It's just anonymously Forrest Finn came out and said, yeah, uh, by the way, someone just, uh, 
found my treasure of a million dollars or or more. Oh, uh, so anyway, yeah, yeah. that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, yeah, but there's there's some pictures, and it's like a little, I don't know, maybe like foot by foot by four inch box with just like a bunch of coins, and uh-huh. it looks like an actual treasure chest, which. I think that's that maybe my favorite part, favorite part, if I were to have found it. Other than, of course, you know, being rich all of a sudden. I, it's just yeah. a cool looking, like, I feel like it glistens on your face when you open it, you know, in the movies, how the shiny yeah. gold. Yep. Yep. Anyway, so yeah. there's that it, quick update before, <laughs> before we dive in with this week's stuff. Uh, and then the other thing we wanted to update was, and we'll do this one on a weekly basis. So as we said in episode one, there's a winner and a loser. And this week's loser was Josiah. So Josiah, do you want to talk about a little bit of what the punishment was and how it went? Yeah, Josiah was the loser big time this week. (laughs) No, it actually, it wasn't too bad. Um, There were definitely some horrible parts. So the punishment was I had to listen to a playlist of songs that Caleb got to curate for five straight hours so we're calling it the playlist of torture (laughs) and uh (laughs) yeah so there was there were some actually not horrible songs on there like i'm not a big fan of metal but like red and a band named wolves at the gate was on there and those those are like the ones that i was looking forward to (laughs) and uh so did you just sorry did you just hit shuffle and just Go for it, or did you... No, I, I just did them in order and then restarted it. Oh so, uh, yeah, the horrible one was a song called The Most Unwanted Song, and it's 22 <laughs> minutes long, Whoa. and it was made in, made in 1997, and I'd, I'd heard about the song before, but basically they asked a bunch of people what their least favorite parts about songs are, or like what they would least want to listen to was. And then they just made 22 minutes of that. So there's like uh, opera singer uh, rapping. And there's like little children kind of scream singing about holidays. And <laughs> it's, just, it's horrible. That's really that funny. Was, so if you're listening and you're not following horrible. our social media, um, we sent out or we made a post basically saying to our followers, hey, throw out some music um, that you would think would be good for this <laughs> playlist of torture. So that's funny because I, I threw that playlist together mostly based off of what people said or what people commented yeah. there. And so I never really, I never, I didn't actually listen to that one all the way through. So that's, that's really funny. Yeah. I kind of enjoy the Trollolo song just because, I don't know. There yeah. are some fun little instrumentation things that I'd never noticed before. I tried to throw in some songs that make me laugh, but I knew that yeah. after five hours would be just really irritating. So like the Chipmunks version of Single Ladies, I was excited about that one. That got very annoying <laughs> very quickly. And then the, uh, what was the, I only put a few on there of my own preference. Yeah, uh, you, did, you did shake your euphemism. Oh you? yeah, the Blue Man Group song. <laughs> yeah. That one, that one was enjoyable the whole time. Yeah. I only had to listen to each song like six times. Huh. So, and you weren't allowed, in our original rules, right? You weren't allowed to stop it at any point. I think we had talked about if you stopped it, you had to start over. Yep. Yeah, it was five straight hours. 
Um, every time it stopped going through the playlist, there's like a couple seconds of silence. But yeah. True to my word. Nice. Nice. That's fun. Yeah. So uh, yeah. we'll talk about it later this podcast, but um, in case this is your first listen this episode, uh, this is a competitive podcast. So each each week, Josiah and I will both bring a topic to the table and we'll present that. Uh, and then it's the listener's job via social media to vote for the most interesting topic, who you thought won that week's episode. Um, and so then obviously... After talking about all of this, each week there will be a winner and a loser, and there will be a special and really annoying punishment for whoever loses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we've we've got some good punishments lined up. Yeah, I am excited and terrified. I think at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for thanks again for uh, listening again a second time. If you listen the first time, that <laughs> means a lot. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Thanks, everyone. Oh yeah, let's uh, let's shout out some people who reviewed the podcast so far. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, so it looks like we've got a, a couple people that wrote reviews. It looks like Micah Benson, Chaz Upton, whoever Mullet Man uh, is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're almost up to twenty reviews, which I did not think would happen on the first episode. It's super exciting. So, uh, uh, do you want to get into this week's episode? Yeah, I think uh, I think let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So Josiah, let's uh, let's play a game. Let's See who goes game. first. Okay, sound good. Let's do chess. Uh, okay, we can do chest. Chest? No, <laughs> not chest. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, let me let me jump online. Let's play a quick All game right. here. Uh, clicking play. I was taught a trick. How did? To... Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> How do I? Oh. <laughs> Boom! Oh, oh boy! What you're you you're in trouble now. The trap. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, I did not mean to do that. I feel silly. Oh no! <laughs> oh yeah, I could have done that. No, no! <laughs> Checkmate! He said loudly for the podcast. <laughs> so you won. I won. Yeah, that was a really long game to decide who gets to go first. And I was obliterated. You were absolutely obliterated. Crushed to a pulp. Yep. Okay. Um, I, you know, I think you should go first this time. Okay, I will. Okay. Um, first, let me plug in my computer. Okay. I'll play uh, typical background music. All right. <clears throat> Enough of that. Yeah. I am going to teach you about a man named John Corcoran today. John Corcoran uh-huh. grew up in New Mexico during the 40s and 50s. Okay. So, I like where this is heading. Yes, yes. Um, one of six siblings, normal life, up until second grade or so. He had a little bit of trouble learning to read. Okay. He's dyslexic. Okay. He had trouble, but... They moved him up a grade, still having trouble to read, moved mm-hmm. him up a grade. And this kind of kept happening, and he just still wasn't getting the reading. Okay. Math was fine. He was good at sports, had lots nice. of friends, but couldn't get the reading. He started to act out in school, 
because he didn't feel it. He didn't like the, being labeled as one of the dumb kids, I said in air quotes. Right. Um, and feeling like that, started acting out and moved schools a bunch, was expelled from one school. Okay. Um, but eventually graduated middle school, went to high school. Nice. Still can't read by this Still point? can't read. Wow. And Poor by guy. this point, you think, you kind of need to learn to read <laughs> in high school. Yeah. It's a little important. I would say so. Just I would, I would too. experience. Yeah. But he, again, good at math, mm-hmm. good at sports, popular guy. Um, I think he was a team captain in football, played basketball. Nice. He dated the valedictorian in high school. Nice. He was the prom king. Okay. Or homecoming king. Some kind of king. Okay, he's a king. He, he's a king. <laughs> so he's got everything down to reading, basically. <laughs> but reading, yes. Nice. Um, still can't read. Sophomore, junior, senior year. And they keep moving him up? By this point, people just assume... He's not going to get it. They assume that he just knows how to read. Oh. Because he's done such a good job at cheating. <gasps> what? He finishes high school completely illiterate. He, he knows how to write his name, and he remembers a few words. And he can, he can copy stuff down, uh-huh. fine, but can't read. What? So he's gotten good at cheating. Like, he, he <laughs> copies off of his friends, or he switches papers with his friends. So he has some pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty nice friends. He really who, nice who helped him cheat for four years. And it's kind of all worked out. Then comes college. He thinks, I can't, I can't do this in college. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but I, I would agree with him. In comes <laughs> the athletic scholarship. School's paid for. No way. Why not give it a shot? So he, gets a, he, so he gets a good scholarship and he doesn't know how to read. Gets into college. <laughs> illiterate. And in high school, cheating wasn't super hard for him. Mm-hmm. But in college, you have to get a little bit more creative. Sure. Do a little bit more... Mm-hmm. work to keep your grades up enough to pass. Sure. Um, so he he said it was quite hard. Like, cheating in high school was easy, mm-hmm. is what he said. Like, anyone could do it. <laughs> Everybody who's anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and so one time he had a, a blue binder that the test was in, mm-hmm. and the teacher wrote the questions on the board, and he had a friend. He was sitting next to the window in the back, and he had a friend outside the window, he switched, or he gave him the binder, pulled out a fake binder to make it look like he still had it. The friend took the test, gave it back. What? Passed the class. But one time he had to sneak into the faculty, some, some, like the professor's office, yeah. for a copy of the test, or the, the answer mm-hmm. sheet, or something. So he, he went there at night, <laughs> broke open the window, climbed in, looked around, didn't see anything. Did that for a couple more days. Didn't find anything. Oh my goodness. So then he got a couple friends involved. Mm-hmm. They took all the filing cabinets out of the classroom, called a locksmith, and dressed up as a businessman and said, um, I just need to get in here. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to... My job is not... I'm like going to get fired if I can't get this stuff in time. Wow. And the guy's like, okay, yeah, I'll help you out. I have to help him. <laughs> Um, so they, they eventually found it, hauled all the file cabinets back. Wow. So he basically became his own genius by trying not to have to learn how to I read. I guess so. 
But he said that night he just went to bed and just cried. Because uh-huh. he's like, he, like he's had a moral issue with this all growing up. Right. He knows it's not the right thing to do. But by this point, he's just kind of like so far into the lies. He's kind of trapped. Yeah. Feels so embarrassed to tell anybody. And Well, I don't think he could if he wanted. Like, you can't just walk up to your college professor and say, hey, I can't. <laughs> I don't know how to read. <laughs> like that. I don't think anyone would even believe him. Yeah. I, I don't know. So, after all that, the creative cheating, mm-hmm. the getting around, having to read, graduates college. So he's able to graduate. He graduates college being wow. illiterate. Um, That's a smart guy. A smart, illiterate man. Yes, yes, yes. So, then the year is... In the 1960s, there's a teacher shortage. Um. Yes. Don't. Yes. Don't do it. <laughs> Stop it. And he's like, I can't be a teacher. <laughs> and then he thinks, well, I've done it this far. I can hide as a teacher. Oh, my goodness. Gets the job. Because <laughs> they probably didn't think to ask, hey, by the way, can, can you read? read? <laughs> yeah. That's what he thought. He's like, everyone assumes teachers can read. You don't ask teachers to read. <laughs> so the way he does it is... He has student aides mm-hmm. read the stuff that um, the principal said he has to read, like okay. the announcements and stuff. Yeah. Uh, he has student aides do roll, mm-hmm. see who's there. Um, there's no written homework okay. in his classes. He watches educational movies and has discussions a lot. And he said that he was the first teacher in his school, he thinks, to... Talk about racial issues. Nice. So there's something that so we came out some, of it. <laughs> some good work. <laughs> and he secretly coached the other kids who didn't know how to read how to get through their entire life yeah. without it. No, nobody knows about this still. Wow. Um, well, I guess probably his friends. The ones who helped him cheat that whole time. Unless he had some really convincing lie. Uh, <laughs> what lie? I, uh... <laughs> Don't want to do this. Hey, can you cheat? Because I didn't study. Maybe. That's possible. That's possible. Um, The kid outside the window who helped him cheat, he set that guy up on a date with somebody Uh that he knew in exchange. So maybe there's a little bit of that. Oh, okay. Um, So, yeah, he has lots of discussions in his Hmm. classrooms, movies. Um, He said... (laughs) He was terrified of the faculty meetings, though. Yeah. Because sometimes they would have, like, some kind of brainstorming session, and the principal would call on a teacher and say, hey, can you write this stuff down on the board? Oh. And he was never called on, but he said he was he had a plan in case he was ever called on. He would start walking to the board and then grab his chest and fall on the floor. <laughs> and go, call 911! My heart! My heart! Because I don't know how to read! <laughs> and, like, he was that desperate that he would fake having a heart attack to get out of oh man I feel like at that point he could have used the truth to get out of that situation like the I gotta go to the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) or the principal could have just said hey can you write this stuff down and he could have said ah I don't know how to read just would have come across as a sassy sarcastic lazy guy but maybe would have worked go to my office hey teacher (laughs) uh yeah so and uh, he kept teaching and teaching year after year. He ended up teaching for 17 years. Uh-uh. Yeah. And the first person he, he told that he couldn't read was his wife. 
before they got married. Okay. He said, hey, I can't read. And she just thought he meant, like, I can't read very well. Yeah. Like, I'm not a good writer. Not good with spelling. Eyesight's bad. Something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe you need glasses. But they had their... They had a daughter. Mm-hmm. And by the time she was three years old, the mom kind of figured it out. Because one night he was... He had a book. He always re- read in... Oh, in quotes. Okay. He's he doing was, air quotes was, again. <laughs> <laughs> air quotes McGee. That kind of <laughs> not a good thing to do on a podcast. <laughs> but he starts reading to his daughter, but it's just a made-up story. Like, he makes oh. up a different story for every book. What a good guy. And <laughs> I applaud his effort in his entire life. <laughs> so his, his mom, or his wife, John's wife, yep. then it finally clicks. Mm-hmm. She's like, he actually can't read. <laughs> And he's a teacher and graduated from college. Yeah, so the first person to find, who finds out is his wife mm-hmm. three years after they had their first kid. Okay. Um, continues teaching. So he teaches for 17 years. And then he retires and goes into real estate. And he ends up making a million dollars. Wow. He becomes a millionaire, still illiterate. So who's like, oh, there's got to be some <laughs> sort of form. Or... Yeah, yeah, he said there was a... He would usually get the people, like, at the desk who needed him to fill out the form to fill it out for him. Oh. Like, convince him to do it for him. But one time, they wouldn't do it for him, so he had to take the form. Uh-huh. It would have just taken a couple seconds to fill out. He had to take it back home to his wife. Have her. Have her fill it out. Wow. And then bring it back. Uh, what yeah. a supportive wife. I know. Sure, honey. I'll do your job since you don't know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> so, by the time he's 48... He sees Barbara Bush on the TV, and her big thing is adult literacy. Yep. And he's like, I didn't know there's other adults that didn't know how to read. Mm-hmm. So she inspires him enough to go to the library, mm-hmm. and he tells somebody, okay. I need help learning how to read. And it's really hard for him. Like I said, he's dyslexic. Yeah. Um, but eventually, he gets better and better, and he can read. Nice. To this day. That's a good Still can story. read. Yeah, and even further than that, he started um, a nonprofit for like that endorses literacy, yeah. helps kids learn to read. Part of his million dollars, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so he started a nonprofit. He went on a bunch of shows, like he was on Oprah. He mm-hmm. talked to Larry King, and he he became friends with Barbara Bush. Okay, like they she heard the story. And they became friends. And he was actually put on, like, the Board of Literacy, I think is what it was called. Oh. Um, for Wow. So, like, he was technically an advisor to the president. Interesting. Because of that. So, yeah. Huh. He's yeah. 80, 82, still alive. Still reading, probably. Still, I imagine that's exciting for him. I hope so. Yeah, he said, as he learned to read, he just cried and cried because he was so happy. Because he could finally Never thought it would happen. I can't even imagine... How much you'd have to overcome every single day. That'd be so stressful. Like, just even the small things. Like, hey, can you respond to this text? Oh, I guess this is 40s, Back 50s, in the day. 60s. Yeah. yeah. But, hey, someone wrote you a letter. Hey, here's a thank you card from your student. Mm-hmm. Something. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm assuming it says thank you. <laughs> I guess you could probably get out of that one. <laughs> you are oh, welcome. <laughs> they're so thankful. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, wow. I'm sure. there's probably still people out there 
that don't know how to read, adults that know, don't know how to read. But yeah. his goal is to make sure Help that them. all adults know how to read. I well, and children. I applaud his creativity throughout his whole life. It's something. Do you know, off the top of your head, did he ever talk with his professors or high school teachers or anything? Or the <laughs> principal that hired him? Did, I'm assuming at some point he had some kind of weird conversation. Oh, I'm sure. Like, they asked him to do something and he had some awkward remark. Like, yeah. Oh, I can't do that right now. Or... Like, do you think the college would have taken back his degree? Can you even do that? Uh, I don't know. That's what I was assuming, like... I guess probably after that many years, they probably didn't care anymore. I mean, mean, he's pretty old by now, but... Wow. And he's he's done well enough for himself that he'd... Even if they took back his... He'd be fine. Yeah. Mr. Millionaire. Yeah. Wow. But, fascinating stuff. That is a good... That was a good topic. Thank you. Huh. All right. What was his name again? John, John Corcoran. John Corcoran? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Are there any John Corcorans out there who are trying to lie their way through life? You're not alone, brothers. But tell somebody. Yeah. Also, go to your local library. John did that, and it was good for him. And he would want you to. <laughs> John, if John was on this podcast, do you think we could get John on this podcast? Uh, maybe. Okay. We'd have to tell him we already talked about his topic, so we'll, he'll have to come up with can, something new. <laughs> yeah, he can teach us about something else. Okay. Okay, you, nice. you ready for yours? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's funny, actually, that you talk about a story of a guy who did things a little bit out of the ordinary, because Ooh. I also bring to the table this good sunny morn uh, afternoon <laughs> a man who decided to do life a little bit differently. Right. And here's his story. Have you ever heard of Christopher Thomas Knight? No. Okay. That's good. I had to to think. That'll make the rest of this more entertaining. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I know that guy. (laughs) Let me tell you about him. (laughs) All right. uh, Let me give you a a little bit of backstory before I tell you what he did that made him worth discussing on a random podcast. Okay. Um, so here is Christopher Thomas Knight, a.k.a. CTK, which I'm probably the first person in the world who's called <laughs> him that. So uh, Christopher is, he grew up in a normal home. He was raised in Albion, Maine, or Albion. I'm going to go with Albion. Albion. I've never been there, so any of you Albionites <laughs> will listen to this podcast, reach out, because I'd love to chat about the culture. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so he grew up, he had a family, he had a, uh, at least one brother. I didn't catch how, how many brothers or sisters. Um, both of his parents were in his life the whole time. Uh, he was raised normally. He went to middle school, high school, and overall, he's just a normal guy. The only exception is he kind of has a hard time connecting with people. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, in his whole life, that's the only thing that's different about him is that he has a harder time connecting with people. Um, Fast forward, he decides to go to college. So he goes to Sylvania, or Sylvania, excuse me, technical school. Um, And he completes that program and he goes to work in a home security business. So he goes in, helps people with their home security, installs things. 
whatever else you would expect <laughs> a home security guy to do. Install stuff, <laughs> helps people. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> and so, uh, fast forward. So he's been working in home security. He's now 20 years old. So the college he went to was just a nine-month program. Okay. He's now 20 years old. It's 1986. Um, he's working, I believe, in Massachusetts. Um, and so here's the story. He goes to work one day, quits, okay, for at, no... At the uh, security? At the home security business security. that he's working at. He goes in, he quits. Doesn't give a reason, doesn't tell anybody, like gives no warning that that's going to happen. He gets his final paycheck. He goes and cashes it in. And then he disappears. <gasps> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And I mean, no, 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 yep, disappears, he tells nobody, doesn't say goodbye, doesn't, he didn't tell anyone that he was planning on disappearing, nobody knows why he disappeared, if it was voluntary or involuntary, um, and his family, who were, they were a normal family, but they were a little less open, um, didn't file a police report. Because they were kind of a, our business is our own type of family. Oh. Yeah. So. A little bit of Ron Swanson in there. A little bit of Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I don't need the police knowing <laughs> about my business. Yeah. So they don't file a police report and they're just distraught, like torn apart. Yeah. Like our son. And they don't know what happened. They don't know why it happened. Um, eventually. They find his car. They don't find his car, but his car is found okay. um, in the wilderness in Maine. And the key is still inside of it. Hmm. Yeah. <gasps> so this brings it all back up and they, they're going, why did he, like, did he just drive here, get lost in the wilderness or something? They're probably also thinking he just had a job. So why wasn't he at, or why was he in the Maine wilderness and not at this job? So... Basically, there's a lot of confusion, and from that moment on, they don't hear about it anymore. I think some of them assumed he was dead, some of them assumed he had been taken, some people had assumed that he was still alive somewhere, but they didn't know where or why he had disappeared, but they don't hear from him again. Fast forward a little bit. Okay. Okay? Okay. Now we are in North Pond, Maine. Okay. Got it. One family goes to a police and says, hey, we've been robbed, I think. They didn't take anything big, but like they broke into our house when we were gone and some food is gone um, and a jacket is gone and some batteries. And the police go, okay, I'm sorry that happened. We don't have a lot of clues. They didn't take very much, so it's a low priority crime. So they didn't really look into it that much. Well, Q a lot more families over the year in that area, a lot of houses start filing these police reports saying, hey, uh, we had a break-in too, seemed pretty similar to this other break-in, and we don't know what's going on. How far after he went missing was this? This is the kicker. Oh no, oh no. About 25 years. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> that's that's right. 
Wait, what if it's just a random guy? <laughs> what if? Unrelated. It could be. All right, I'll let you finish. Sorry. Yeah. So the police, it takes the police a while, and he, uh, I mean, there's been burglaries for consistently right. for 25 years, right. different homes and stuff. Obviously. Police finally make this connection, like, all right, all of these crimes are similar. There's no, like, broken entry. So, like, he didn't slam any doors in, break any windows or anything, or pick any locks. He worked in home security. Oh. So he knew how all this stuff worked. So oh, we, don't, we don't know who this guy is who's stealing the... <laughs> oh, yeah, we don't know. We don't know who he is. Could be anyone. Yeah, we don't know if he has a home security <laughs> badge. <laughs> anyway, so these, uh, this neighborhood, the residents of North Pond, Maine, starts calling him things like the hungry man because he's not taking, he never takes expensive things, just food, Blankets, newspapers, uh, magazines sometimes. Stuff you would eat. Yeah, all, <laughs> all, all things you would eat. Um, they also called him the North Pond Hermit. Um, and so the police finally make this connection. Like, all right, all these crimes are similar. They're all happening in the same general area. We think there's a connection here. So their first, <laughs> the police's first step in catching this guy is to name him officially by the police. Hermit, hermit. <laughs> so the police start calling this guy Hermit, hermit, and That's they decide. Worse than the other two. Yep. Which aren't great supervillain names. Nope. Or superhero names, but. So this main guy, Sergeant Hughes of the local police force, decides, you know what? He stands up on the pedestal in front of all the police and he says, Today we catch Hermit, hermit. <laughs> and then. Anyway. Snickers a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so he. Uh, he ends up getting cameras and military-grade motion sensors and floodlights, basically all of this security stuff, and he takes it to this camp, okay? The camp is called Pine Tree Summer Camp. So Sergeant Hughes goes to this camp, and it's the summer, so... Or, no, that wouldn't make sense. It, they're in, the camp is in their off-season, so there's not campers or anything. So he takes all this stuff to them, and he says, Hey, listen... Hermit Hermit in your area has been stealing from homes and we want to catch him. Can we put all this stuff on your camp? Guy says, absolutely. Let's do it. So Sergeant Hughes sets up and just kind of waits. We're going to catch Hermit Hermit Hermit. <laughs> <laughs> hermit Hermit the Hermit. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and so eventually Sergeant Hughes gets a call or a notification. I don't know exactly how motion sensors alert you. Anyway... He somehow gets notified. He gets a woof. <laughs> a woof. <laughs> yeah. That's for our office fans. Office fans? Free one for you. Yep. <laughs> you have to pay for the next one. <laughs> uh, so he gets, he gets notified, and uh, it's the middle of the night. And so he gets his police force, and he says, let's get up there. I have, a, I have it on good authority that Hermit Hermit is in the area right now. So they head up there. They... Check out the cameras, and they see that or they're, the police are surprised because they say they're thinking this is not a guy that looks like a hermit. Like he's a little rascally. He has a beard by this point. I looked up some pictures of him, but he looks good. Yeah, he looks put Stunning. together. Stunning. They even <laughs> gorgeous. <laughs> 
they even mentioned that the police mentioned that he actually looked a little overweight. So they're thinking, oh. this is for a guy that's been stealing food. This guy looks really good. Like they were expecting a homeless man, kind of a little more raggedy. A hermity looking. Uh, hermit. More of a hermity looking. Yeah. Someone who fits the hermit hermit name. <laughs> Uh, so they go in, anyway, on April 4th, 2013, um, to this camp, and they find him in the kitchen holding the bag, and he's got some food in it. And he looks at him and just does nothing. So Sergeant Hughes yells at him. He says, get on the ground. He gets on the ground, doesn't put up a fight or anything. He just lets it all happen. Um, so they take him into custody, and they're questioning him. And at first, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't want to say anything about anything. And finally... Nothing about nothing. I don't, I don't want to say nothing about nothing. <laughs> Direct quote. No. <laughs> Finally, he agrees to talk. And so he looks at Sergeant Hughes and he says, my name is Christopher Thomas oh, Knight. I was hoping he said, he's going to say Inigo Montoya. <laughs> you killed my father. <laughs> Prepare right, to die. Enough quotes. <clears throat> Christopher T. Knight. Mm -hmm. Wait, T? Thomas Knight. Thomas, yep. So... To give a quick recap before we dive into some more details here, Christopher Thomas Knight works in Massachusetts doing home security. He's 20 years old. Without telling anyone, he disappears. A few weeks later, they find his car in Maine, which I mapped and looked like about four hours, but I just typed in uh, Massachusetts to Maine, so yeah. could be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he... Uh, Ditches his car and just disappears. And then 27 years later, they arrest a man who's been stealing from a neighborhood in uh, Maine. And they find out it's the same guy. What do you think so far? Hmm. Like theories or just what do I think about the whole thing? Just what do you think? Uh, that's absurd. Yeah. Good thought. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yep. Um, you want me to cover some details yes. a little bit? Yes. All right, so let's let's cover it from his side because he eventually talked and explained everything that happened over the 27 years. Um, and now I think someone wrote a book about him and he's done some interviews and stuff. So for a guy who was had a hard time connecting with people, he sure ended up having to talk to a lot of people. <laughs> Poor guy. But uh, here's what happened from his point of view. He decides, you know what? I am tired of dealing with people and I want to avoid conflict. I want to avoid dealing with people and I just don't want to talk to anybody anymore. So, and he said, he quotes to some people, I don't, I didn't have a plan. I didn't really have anything with me. He took a backpack with a few minor supplies in it and a tent and he drove to his work in his new car. And quit his job, got his last paycheck. Then he drove until his car ran out of gas. <laughs> Literally. And he drove towards the wilderness. He saw his car was almost out of gas, turned onto a dirt road, drove till it ran out, left the keys in the car, and grabbed his backpack and his tent and walked into the woods. And that's it. And that is it. So, <laughs> you know, no, so basically once he's in the woods, he decides, you know what, I'm just going to live the rest of my life without talking to anyone or without seeing any people, and I'm going to die in the wilderness. So he 
basically he doesn't bring any hunting gear or anything, doesn't know much about hunting. So he eats berries. He makes little salads from leaves. Um, and he just hikes around. He said he would wander. He said he truly wanted to not know where he was. So he just walked around, no map, no compass or anything. And he said, eventually he got completely lost and that's the way he wanted it. And so we set up camp and started eating berries and stuff. Eventually he decided this, this is where he started doing these burglaries is he realized, okay, I can't make it without food, like just eating on my own. Cause he doesn't have the supplies he needs to hunt or trap or anything. And he decides this after he gets really hungry and he sees a dead bird that was killed on the side of the road and he has to eat it raw. Ooh. And yeah, so that's, he says that's the moment where he decided, all right, I don't want to deal with people, but if I'm going to survive, I need to do something. So he decides he's going to just break into a house and take some food. And he's not going to do anything more than that. He's just going to take some food, something that people can get past that won't be super affected with or affected by, and he'll eat that. And that's how he'll survive. And he's very smart about it. Cause again, he worked in home security. So he watches these people, the people living in the homes and he watches them and he tracks when they go to work, when they're not home. And only after he's sure that they're not home and he has a lot of time does he go and uh, go into these, these houses and rob them. And he doesn't, this is interesting, he doesn't break in, like I mentioned before, he doesn't break windows or pick locks. He literally will uninstall and reinstall the door. Like take out the hinges? They don't have hinges on the I don't, I don't know. I don't know how it works, but that's what my research said he would do, is he would <laughs> uninstall the doors and then reinstall them. So, and I, my guess is he didn't have to do that forever. He probably found houses of like, oh, this one's unlocked. Yeah, or yeah. maybe he did pick locks at some point, but he never broke in by the literal definition of actually yeah, breaking nothing things. Broken. Yeah. So he would go into these houses. He would get food. He would grab some supplies he needed. Um, he ended up, he found a place that he loved in the wilderness that no one would ever find. Um, he... Took one, he took a place and he found that there's one path that leads to it. And then at the end of that path, there's a bunch of boulders and rocks that no one would really go on. And then after that, there's a tiny path that's almost impossible to find. And after you take that, it opens up to this tiny little area surrounded by boulders. And he set up his whole camp there. And so he set up tents, he stole a tarp or two and kind of made himself a little campsite. He used magazines that he stole and made kind of a carpet for his tent. And uh, I guess he, he uh, mentioned that he would read the magazines as entertainment because, you know, he... He just lay on the floor and read them. Yeah, he doesn't talk to anyone ever. Yeah. So, so that's about it. And he said his, his biggest struggles were obviously when snow would come, he would... Because uh, he didn't light fires. In 27 years, he never lit a fire. What? Yeah, because he said fires make smoke and he doesn't want anyone to know where he is and he doesn't want to deal with people. That's so crazy. Yeah, and so in the winter, he would uh, 
get up at 2.30 in the morning and hike so that he wouldn't freeze to death or he wouldn't risk the chance of freezing to death. How was he kind of overweight then? He must have just... Because he would just broke into the houses and they said he admitted to some of the stuff he stole and they said he really liked food. So he would take snacks and junk food and desserts oh. and sodas. So it's not like he's going in and saying, oh, this loaf of bread. <laughs> he's like taking the best of the best, you know? Got it. So that's kind of how he got overweight. Hmm. Um, and then in the winter, he would drink snow. He would ball up snow and drink it as so that he wouldn't have to go in to find water. And he spray painted everything he had camouflage. Um, he would cover his footprints when there was snow and he hiked around, he would cover his footprints. And uh, that's pretty much it. So over, this is where things get crazy. Over 27 years, people have called him one of the most successful uh, robbers in the world because over 27 years, he never got caught well, he got caught in the end. <laughs> Let's say for 25 years, he never got caught. And he robbed over a thousand homes. Wow. He would rob about 40 houses a year. And sometimes he would borrow things and take them back. Yeah. So one example is he took, he went to houses on this lake. And he took this guy's canoe to paddle to the other side of the lake, rob those houses and then paddled back, dropped off the guy's canoe, and hiked back to his little camping <laughs> spot. So just crazy. And he gets arrested 27 years later. On April 4th, he ends up pleading guilty to 13 counts of burglary, which is a little bit smaller than 1,000. Was that just the ones that they were able to prove? I think those are just the ones he pled guilty to. I think he kind of realized they definitely know that I robbed all these houses, <laughs> so I can't like deny all of them. So he, he pled guilty to those 13, um, and he said the whole time, every single time he did it, he felt terrible because yeah. he knew it was wrong. He knew, like, he had the morals to, like, this is other people's stuff. This is not okay. But he was like, I was just surviving, and that's what I had to do to not deal with people. <laughs> and so he uh, ends up, he gets a horrible punishment of seven months in jail and he owes two thousand dollars wow after 27 years of over a thousand robberies he has seven months in jail and owes two thousand dollars so what yeah. about after jail yeah so he he went from true freedom to a six by eight cell okay. for seven months um part of <laughs> part of his uh sentencing from the judge whose name was nancy was that he meet with her once a week so that he gets used to meeting with people and talking with people again. So after he got out of jail, every single week, he went to hung out with Judge Nancy. They talked, he had to learn how to be a human again. Um, he actually reconciled with his family, who, can you imagine after 27 yeah. years getting the call? Hey, uh, you know your son? the one who disappeared 30 years ago and you've assumed is dead this whole time. We just found him at a summer camp in Maine <laughs> and he's been robbing homes for 30 years. <laughs> anyway, so he reconciles with his yeah. family and it says that his, uh, his brothers came in to meet him when he was in jail and he didn't recognize them. They had to tell him who wow. they were. Um, and apparently things went well because... He got out of prison. He reconnected with his family. 
and his brother offered him a job. And the last we've kind of heard from him is that part of, another part of the sentencing was that he has to get a job or go back to school or they'll put him back in jail for seven years. So kind of forcing oh, him to yeah. get back involved. Um, and so eventually he, start, he stops talking with uh, news reporters and stuff like that. So we kind of lose track of what he's up to now. But I'm assuming he's working with his brother back in civilization, probably at a thrill of a 30 years. And um, I will end with this, which is crazy to me. He said that in 27 years, he spoke one word. He was hiking back to his spot and he ran into another hiker and he said hi, because the other hiker said hi. <laughs> 27 years, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> what does that do to like your vocal cords? And I don't know. I feel like there's some movie about that where he has to... Yeah, probably. Yeah. There you have it, man. I bet he didn't have to break in, mm-hmm. like literally break anything, because if it's out in the middle of nowhere, nobody locks anything. So you could probably just go That's in the true. back door a lot of times. That's true. And I never really looked up where North Pond, Maine was. Yeah, yeah. But... But if nobody saw him for 27 yeah. years, it's probably kind of in the middle pretty, of nowhere. Pretty... Yeah, it's not like he's walking into the city. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now he's, as far as we know, unless he disappeared again, he's back in civilization Whew. trying to deal with all of that. And uh, there you go. That is the story of Christopher Thomas Knight, the Hermit well Hermit. Well done. Both of these guys. Honestly, they both in really odd ways had some pretty, <laughs> like, inspiring creativity. <laughs> I feel like going out into the woods because you don't want to deal with people anymore is something that you would want to do. And then, like, a couple days later, you're like, eh, maybe it wasn't so bad. Yeah. But he... But staying out there. He said he loved it. And he said when he was a kid, he never really went camping or anything. He enjoyed the outdoors, but he never tried it. So he basically just went out with no experience. Yeah, figured it out. Yeah. That's crazy. Hmm. All right. Um, Let's wrap this up then. Cool. Um, So you can go to Twitter, Instagram, Reddit... Yep. And vote for whichever topic you think was best. Mm-hmm. Vote for Caleb, vote for Josiah. Um, should we give a quick 30 seconds recap on why they should vote for us? Yes, go ahead. Uh, you first. Okay. Um, so, John Corcoran didn't learn how to read for 48 years. He graduated college, became a teacher, became a millionaire, all while not knowing how to read. <laughs> and I forgot to say this, that he ended up writing three books. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, just about literacy. Man, I would have a hard time not voting for you. I mean, it's pretty insane story. Both of these are. Yeah. But you go ahead. Okay. Um, I don't have a ton to add. All, honestly, he just, this guy decided that one day he was over it, went out, disappeared. Family assumed he was dead. 30 years later, shows up, finds out he's one of the world's most successful thieves, <laughs> <laughs> but only stealing small stuff. Wow. Yeah. Hermit, hermit. Hermit, hermit. You should vote for him just because of that 
rockin' <laughs> villain name. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, uh, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, at Learn Podcast. You can check it out in the description. Yep. Of the podcast. And one more time. And that for is me. Twitter. Uh, excuse me. I'm, I'm doing my one more time. Oh. That uh, is Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit at Learn Podcast. Or Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit at Learn Podcast. <laughs> Vote for me. And you can go to Twitter also. <laughs> and Instagram. Okay. Um, and let's, let's talk about the punishment for the loser. Yeah. Well, do you have any ideas? Any thoughts? Hmm. We mentioned in the last episode, we'll mention it again this episode. Eventually, what we want to see is people leaving reviews, suggesting punishments. Um, and we can kind of choose our punishment from people who have left reviews. So there's a little boom, bam, bop uh, incentive for you to go leave a rockin' review on our podcast and then tell us what you want the losers to do. <laughs> boom, bam, bop. That's right. Okay, uh, how about go without sleep for 36 hours? What? That's one of the... <laughs> that's on there. <laughs> What's next on the list? Uh, walk three miles backwards. Okay. Or become vegan for a week. Oh. Or maybe, like... It, it's a, definitely a punishment, because none of those sound fun. <laughs> and there's also the option to only speak in movie, movie quotes for one day. Wow. That would be hard. That would be really hard. You'd have to really study up. It sounds fun, but I think it would be hard. You just have to kind of not talk to anybody. (laughs) No one talk to me. If you do, I have to respond in movie quotes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to become a hermit hermit for that day. Okay, what do you think? Of those four, what would you rather do? Oh, man. When you lose. Let's, uh... Let's shoot for the three miles backwards. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you have to walk. Let's just make it a 5K. 5K. You have to okay. walk a backwards 5K. Okay. Or run it if you're really talented. You're feeling into that. Yeah. All right. Okay. We'll see okay. how it goes. So you guys go vert. Vert. <laughs> you guys go vert for us. Um, again, that's Learn Podcast at pretty much any social media except the dumb ones. And uh, we will see you next week with the results. And you can go on Twitter. And Instagram. And Twitter. (laughs) Okay. And Reddit. (laughs) Okay. Once again, we're going to (laughs) stop rambling and wrap this sucker up. Okay. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Larry, can you play us out?